This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, I, I really feel like I need to start with uh, this message to you. You're not alone. You're not alone. And I haven't said this in a long time because I haven't really felt it this way, but we surround them. We do. We surround them. I, I want to talk to you about the crazies that are out and the small number but they happen to have very large megaphones right now and so they are making you feel very alone but you're not you're not and i'm going to start with a little bit of wikipedia a little bit of bernie sanders and an awful lot a a, a, a heaping handful of uh of Chris Cuomo. We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Father's Day is right around the corner. 23andMe Health and Ancestry Kit is a great gift. Uh, for Father's Day, I will tell you, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, for a limited time right now, you can get $50 off the 23andMe Health and Ancestry Kit through June 17th. You will uh, help dad discover how unique he really is and also how he can influence um, his, you know, his time on earth with the rest of the family, his lifestyle, uh, lifestyle choices, his genetic weight, muscle consumption, uh, his sleep quality. All of these things really can be can be found through your DNA. Um, his, you know, his chance of getting diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. But it also is not just a wellness report. It also, uh, is a gift of discovery. It's a way for, for you and to him to explore who you really are, who you came, came from. What, what people did you come from? What did they do? What did they struggle with? It's an amazing thing that also at the end gives you the opportunity, if you want it, to be able to reach out to people that you're related to that you had no idea you were related to. Father's Day, get $50 off 23andMe Health and Ancestry Kit at 23andMe.com slash Beck. That's the number 23andMe.com slash Beck. 23andMe.com slash Beck. Remember, this offer ends June 17. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm so, I, I, I don't, I don't watch cable news anymore and I don't watch cable news anymore because I can't take it. I mean, it's, I know exactly what they were going to say yesterday. If you watched it, you knew exactly what they were going to say. Um, it didn't matter. The truth doesn't seem to matter. Nobody's really looking for the truth. Uh, and we feel overwhelmed between Facebook, Google, even Wikipedia, we've done a, a last couple of shows on television. We did short segments on who Wikipedia really is. You know, you, right now we are giving our intellectual um, power over to two companies, Google and Wikipedia. Well, we know who Google is. But try to sit in a room and say to somebody, oh, what was the name of that guy that was in that movie with uh, somebody will Google it. Try to go a day without Google. And once it's said on Google, that's true. No matter what the topic is, if Google has produced that result, that's absolutely true. 
and we are being manipulated. But not only that, we are giving up our intellectual power because our power is being externalized. We're taking our knowledge and externalizing it. We're giving it to someone else. And we are losing that muscle of being able to find truth, to know and recognize the truth. That's the real problem in America. People don't know how to find it. They don't know how to recognize it. They don't, they don't even believe that it exists anymore unless it comes from Google or Wikipedia. We, we did uh, we, we spend the last couple of days just looking at Wikipedia and what they say and and who is editing Wikipedia. This thing is is so frequently used that it's it's as if we took the entire population of the world and everybody visited it twice a month. Now, think of that. That's how much it's being used. So what is it? Who's making these edits? Well, you have 1,400 people that are responsible for most of Wikipedia. 1,400 people. And if you look at the leaders of, of that, they're all communist, Marxist, Antifa members. I mean, they're all people that do not agree with you. 1,400 people are the ones that are compiling the world's knowledge. And they're not like you. You feel alone because it's so huge. But there are very few people that are doing it. Tonight on television, we're going to go to Bernie Sanders. And I'm going to show you who Bernie Sanders is surrounding himself with. Forget everything you think about Bernie Sanders. Forget about it. What we're going to expose tonight and on Monday, it's a two-parter, is remarkable. The people he has surrounded himself with are some of the worst people out there. Now, remember, I'm the guy who said, hey, Donald Trump, he says he surrounds himself with the best, but he doesn't. Steve Bannon and pretty much all the people who have caused any of the problems that he got rid of right away. Those were the people we said, this is the real problem. Look who he's surrounding himself with. And he figured that out pretty quickly and got rid of all of those people. Bernie Sanders has worse people around him. And there's no chance of these people going away. Because these are the people that are actually causing the split in the Democratic Party that no one else will talk about. What we're going to show you tonight on television at 5 o'clock on Bernie Sanders is more important, really, for Democrats to watch than it is even you. Because you're not going to vote for Bernie Sanders. I'm not going to vote for Bernie Sanders. But there's going to be a lot of people that do vote for Bernie Sanders. And they will have no idea... What he really believes based on who he has put in charge of his policies and his campaign. It is a terrifying look, but it is the same kind of people. It is. I, I just said to the researchers two days ago as we were looking into this, uh, they brought me, you know, the, the latest stuff. And I said, go a step further. Because you've tracked this back to 2008. I can guarantee you that we're going to find the same people 
that we were talking about in 2008 as their mentors. It's a very small group of people that are trying to tell the masses something that we never have used in America. We've never described the American people as the masses. But the masses are what is being discussed by many of these democratic socialists, what we have to do for the masses. And they're forgetting the individual. And they do it because they think that it is their arrogance. It is their arrogance that will be their undoing. There is this cocoon that these Marxist socialist progressives live in where they control the intellectual debate and the intellectual neighborhood. Everybody who owns a house in the intellectual neighborhood, all those people, they're all on board and they make sure that no one else moves into that neighborhood. They also control the media and Hollywood. And they make sure that no one else. I I read an article from CNN uh, last night that actually said that the mainstream media looked very different than Fox News. And they actually put Fox News out of the mainstream media, which in some ways I agree with. However, they're more mainstream than CNN. More people are watching Fox News and more diverse than watching CNN. You have liberals watching Fox News. How many people that are conservative are watching CNN? How many of us can even take CNN anymore? And they're living in this cocoon where they just protect each other And they grow more and more arrogant because they live truly in an echo chamber. Now, many of us on the right live in an echo chamber, too, but nowhere near what the elitist left lives in. Chris Cuomo yesterday. Can we play play the video uh, that we played uh, yesterday afternoon of the woman, the NRA spokeswoman who was horribly raped she was on she's been on this program before and she was horribly raped for for two hours she was raped when she went to college and everybody said oh no this is really safe you're going to be fine well she was the first woman to be raped at that particular dorm here's her story listen i was a normal 20 year old college student when i moved into off-campus housing they boasted that it was safe Not a single incident since it had opened. I was the first. I woke up in the middle of the night, suffocating. Shut up, he said. Don't say a word. For the next two hours, I knew I was going to die. And there was nothing I could do. Now I'm a mother of two. And if that predator or anyone else tries to harm me or my family, they have to come through my firearm first. I will never be unarmed or utterly vulnerable ever again. The only reason I can say that is because the NRA fought for my rights before I ever knew that I needed them. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. 
So uh, Chris Cuomo tweets yesterday, only in America. What the hell does that mean? Only in America. Now, I can take that as a positive. Damn right. Only in America can anyone go out and buy themselves a gun to be able to protect themselves and their family. Yeah, only in America. But that's not what he meant. Only in America. Now, I contend that he never even watched the video. He just he just did what everybody does. And they see something he saw NRA. I'm a mother of a predator comes in. I'm going to use my firearm. He just read the tweet, didn't watch the video, saw NRA and thought, oh, my gosh, look at this only in America. Well, he got hammered yesterday as he should have been hammered. But you'll notice this is not going to destroy his career. This is not going to even be a blip in his life and usually when you mock rape victims you're uh, destroyed you have some problems going on yeah um but uh not not in this case i mean he no. you know and if you know anything about chris cuomo which most people don't uh he always doubles down and he believes he's the smartest man in the world so he thinks he can always talk himself out of these situations and he just falls he's just he's sideshow bob walking into rakes over and over and over again All everywhere the time. he turns Every that's time. chris cuomo right and this is the guy who just last week was defending a woman who said that thing that's growing in a woman's uterus is not a baby. <laughs> he sided okay? with her. He sided with her. So the guy is a complete lunatic, lunatic. Let, let's first discuss just that. We are now we're now feeling it necessary to defend ourselves to people who have gone mad. We are we are no longer at a place to where we're talking about Roe versus Wade. We're talking about arguing with people who say that even until birth, that's not a baby. What are we doing? Why do we feel like we've gone insane? The world has gone insane. You've stood in place, which is the right thing to do. You've stood in place as everyone else has gone off the crazy cliff. And this small number of people happen to have power in the media and in the political organizations. And so they are manipulating it to make it feel like you are the one. No, you're not the one. You're not the one. They're the handful. Chris Cuomo, let me ask you this. Should we make handgun use safe, rare, safe and rare? Should we do that? Because that's what's the third one, Stu? It's safe, legal. rare and legal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, legal. But maybe we should just take handgun use and we should we should make it a woman's choice. And women can. Women can use guns at any time for any reason. Or should we just should we just make it legal for rape and incest? Because here was a 
a rape victim that you supposedly care about. You're the, that's the one you used to say you're fighting for. The one that you can never really understand. You could never, you would never even put yourself, how dare you even question someone who is a rape victim and what they decide to do. Well, you just question them. So is it your your hatred for children? I know you're saying you, you're, you're against, you know, you want more gun control because of the children. But wait a minute. You're at the same time arguing for the death of children. In fact, not even identifying children. You can just kill that thing five minutes before it's born. Do you hate children? Do you hate women? Because... I think maybe you'd be best served if you were consistent. It's rape and incest. And women, women have the right to do with their body whatever they want to do. And so they could use a handgun at any time. Whoever they shoot is not really a person unless they declare them to be a person. LifeLock, back in one minute. Uh, LifeLock is uh, warning people about Social Security imposter scams. 76,000 complaints about Social Security imposters have just rolled in to the, uh, to the government here in the recent months. Many ways that cyber criminals are taking what is yours. When it comes to personal information, it's being exposed and people are looking for your information. I mean, we're not even, we're not even uh, talking about what China is doing or what Russia is doing. Russia right now is targeting individuals. They don't care if you're a part of a party or important or whatever. They're targeting individuals. Their job is to create chaos. Same thing with China. China is going for the 5G network, which will control all of your information and give them access. That's what's coming. What's here is already frightening. That's why you need LifeLock. They'll identify a wide range of identity threats, like your Social Security number on sale uh, on the dark web. And if there is a problem, this is where the rubber meets the road. The U.S.-based restoration specialists with LifeLock will work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is on guard 24-7, and they're the best in the business. It's LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK, and you're going to save 10%. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. We're going to pause for 10 seconds and back to the show. Station ID. Uh, Douglas, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Welcome. Douglas, are you there? I am here, yes. Yes, hi. Uh, yes, uh, Douglas Cloisterman, uh, a spokesperson for uh, Christopher Cuomo. You're a spokesperson? Yes, I have been here some of your commentary here. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Very disappointed in the way you looked at this incident. Okay. Um, I've been talking to Chris uh, since it happened, and uh-huh. uh, there were some, some issues. He did write only in America. Right. However, you have to remember, uh, he did not have a lot of space. Twitter is a short-form uh, communication <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think there's 270 characters he could use. He he used there was just, there was some confusion. Yeah, a dozen there. or so. He used 15 characters. Uh, right now, he usually tweets from the gym, um, and he also does uh, usually about 15 reps of max uh, uh, rack pulls. Uh-huh. So he may have been confused by that. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I think a lot of times Chris tries to uh, reveal his softer side uh-huh. um, in, in a similar way. He he uh, he wrote, uh, "I'm sorry for the confusion." take this issue uh, seriously. Uh, also, uh, 
as you know, muscles don't stop bullets, is what he wrote. And right. It's very true. Uh, you know, it's the same way he likes to reveal a little bit of his softer side, uh, the same way he kind of uh, usually uh, unbuttons the top two buttons on his shirt while he's broadcasting on CNN, right. uh, revealing just a little bit of his perfectly right. crafted chest. Right. Um, I talked to him at the gym yesterday after uh, this went down. And right. He was he was broken up. It was uh, it's sad. Uh, it was leg day. He was doing quads, calves, and glutes. Right. And it right. really was a big uh, misunderstanding. And uh-huh. I went back to him after this, and I said, you know, a few hours later, I called him, uh, and I said, you know, I, you know you've had a tough day today. And uh, he said, you know, well, I'm actually, I'm actually at the gym right now. I'm working on my planks uh, right. up, up to 44 minutes now, which is pretty impressive, right. uh, actually. Um, but can, he, can said, we, he yeah. said, our discourse is, is like arm day. Uh, you know, when when you know, when you're tricep and you're doing the skull crushers, uh, he said it's it's dangerous. I know. Uh, it it leaves I, you sore afterwards, but it's worth it. Right. And I think that's what we needed to. I don't even know what you're talking about. Anymore. I, uh, I talked to him in that evening, mm. uh, and he was obviously not at the gym anymore. He was taking a shower at the gym. Right. And and he said we need to wash ourselves of this angst, like the suds dripping down my perfectly crafted chest and core. Right. Uh, uh, and I thought it was. You're a spokesperson. I don't think this is helping. Me. Helping his case at all. Eh? Yeah. Uh, he, look, he said very clearly to me, and I want your listeners to hear this, uh, we need to inject grace into our discourse in the same way you'd inject anabolic steroids into your neck before a workout. All right. Th- th- thank you, I think. You're listening to Glenn. I don't think we got anywhere on that one. I, I, I don't know what that even meant. Uh, simply safe. Uh, most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Now, that's the opposite. We always think of, you know, somebody coming in the house at night. No, no, no. They're doing it during the day because they don't want to see you. And they also don't want to have to deal with a burglar alarm. The average burglar takes about $2,000 worth of, of items, and you're not getting them back. There are 2 million burglaries reported every year. That's one every 13 seconds. And less than 15% of them are ever arrested. Simply Safe. SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the burglary system that you need. This is the one that will keep them out and take their picture. In fact, you get a free video camera now, so you make sure you have them on video if they ever try to come into your house. And by the way, that picture will be sent to police right away, and the police will arrive and arrest them. It's a free video camera. It's a free security camera. When you order right now, it's a $100 value. Eyes on your home 24-7. It's simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Do it now. Welcome to the program. I'm so glad that you have uh, joined us today. Pat Gray is joining us now from his uh, podcast. Are you so glad about that, too? Don't seem like it. No, I'm, I'm not, not really. feeling that. No, no. no I yeah. wanted to be honest. You know, people ask, "Hey, how are you?" I like to think about it and give an honest answer. Hey, that, are you glad I'm here? That's mm. good. You want to tell the truth? No, 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 I'm not. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Pat is doing mm. the work. You know that really not a lot of Americans will do, and that is watch the view. Right. So you don't have to. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, because sometimes you, you you see some interesting things. Uh, it's very rare. Right. But every once in a while, something happens. Like yesterday, uh, there were a couple of things. One of the things that happened was that the girls were edited as they were bashing Trump. Uh, here's what happened on, on The View yesterday. What did he call him? Sleepy Joe. What is that supposed to mean? Can we pause it, it for know, a second right there, though? Let's pause it for a second. 
Joy Behar doesn't know what the word sleepy means? He, he calls him sleepy, Joe. What do, does that mean? Do you think um, anybody sleeps around her? Sleepy? <laughs> Nobody sleeps around her. It's not really complicated, though. Look it up. There's, there's no such word in the dictionary. Uh, a Google search turns up nothing. I don't know. What is sleepy? I don't get it. Anyway, there, there's more. It doesn't matter. This is one of his his things. He calls people's names, call people's names. But I, I just think people are tired of it. They don't care. You call people names and stuff. Well, I, I mean, listen, you can get into the to the first edit. That's that's second. But you know what we're doing? We are in that third. And they do it one more time too. They they edit them four times. In that little swearing segment. or something? Yeah, I, I don't think they were. Sw- I think one time they swore, but most of it was just like Trump bashing. I think. That is Isn't that weird? Are you sure this was this was an edit or this was a? No, te- that's a what I thought. It was perk. a technical problem, but um, uh, let's see. We 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 discovered it wasn't a technical problem because of the blurring of the lips. Uh, they they also took the time to blur. I think it was Joy's lips, so you couldn't tell what she was saying. Blob. I know blo- the whole oh. the whole thing. <laughs> we used to do the uh, Jeffy cam. Remember, we used to yes. blur Jeffy every time he came on the uh, on the yes. air. Yes, wouldn't that be appropriate for Joy? For I Joy, think so, the too. Joy cam that yeah, would bring like that. people joy. Yeah, it would. It would. also it would. blur out her name because she's not named properly. Uh, there is no joy where joy is <laughs> no, concerned. We've we've, we've noticed that before, and it's getting worse. I think as time goes on, Joy just seems to be. So, so so when did ABC start to edit? That's what I'd like to know. I, I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know if uh, uh, there's some directive now for ratings. The ratings. Could Maybe be. they know they can't stop these women from saying these things and the right. ratings are. Di- I don't know what. Maybe it's just they're just editing when Joy speaks. <laughs> and Whoopi. Let's, and let's just go dark. It'd be a better show. Again. Yeah. You know, and, and they might consider, I don't know, rather than editing, that takes a lot of effort. Is take her off the show. Mm. Uh, you ever thought of that? Can you imagine? I mean, I've not heard this anywhere. And it, and you imagine if Fox News would have dropped my audio well, while I was talking, talking about, about Obama. Obama. You imagine what would have been said? Oh, from yeah. from the left well, and you, the right. Yeah, they probably would have cheered. <laughs> yeah, but they would have. They would have demanded. They would have made a big deal out of what it. Was it? What, what was it he said? What did he say? What did he say? Mm-hmm. Look at Fox News. He's even too extreme for Fox sure. News. What did he say? Yada yada yada. Who's making that decision? There's and a falling out. Nobody's even, nobody's talking about this. I mean, what was it they were saying about Trump that was so bad? ABC had to edit it. I don't know. Wasn't it a long time ago know. that Joy Behar supposedly left The View to like go do gigs in the Catskills or something? That was a long time ago. There was something about that. How'd she get back on the show? Has the show been on the whole time? Like, the Catskills. The Catskills yes. surrounded ABC and demanded they take her back. <laughs> Everyone in the Catskills. They were like, look, man, we are, we're, we're bad with bad comedy. We're down with bad comedy and old people. But this one, this is a bridge too far. <laughs> 
calls him Sleepy Joe. What is that supposed to mean? It, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. This is one of his his things. He calls people's names, call people's names. But I, I just Thank think you. people are tired talk. of it. They don't well, care. Let's stop one more time. I love the uh, the Sleepy thing. Is really a charming part of this that it you is, pointed out. It is because number one, like she's trying to get a comedy rant started of some sort. Like she she's got something she wants right. to get to. Sleepy. And the cat skills and the cat skills population are going. You see, you see. That's why we rejected her. That's why we gave her back. Remember the time when she said she was funnier than you? Yes. Uh, that may be true now. That may be true now. <laughs> it wasn't at the time. It may be true Did now. you see uh, Howard Stern last week defend Megan Yes. Do we, do we happen to have that audio Amazing. from last week? Here's, here's uh, Howard Stern. Listen to this. Yeah, I voted for Republicans. I've endorsed can't, Republicans. Just can't think of any of them. Yeah. I'm having a hard time right yeah. now. Yeah. Very nervous. But yes, I uh, listen. I feel bad. I see you getting yelled yeah. at all the time. Yeah. Anytime Thank you. you feel it, oh, let me go. Give the woman a chance. Why are you looking at me? Run at you. Why are you chasing her out? She's in tears. It's crazy. He's changed a lot. He's changed a lot. Have you read his book? I haven't. No. Yeah, I read his book on vacation. This new one? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's fascinating. Now it's a it's a lot of just interviews that he did, but the, the that's what I've heard it was. was yeah, the opening chapter uh, about what he's w- where he is and what's happened to him in the last mm-hmm. few years is really remarkable. I mean, it's a he it's does a total, discuss it. Yes, the change a total transformation to the point where he says, "I can't, I can't listen to things that I did. I can't, I can't stand he's it when people talk. About, I'm embarrassed by it." Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, look, this is this is what I did and this is why I did it. Um, it was it was really an honest look and an honest look at shame. I mean, Howard Stern it, it, it has found shame. And it's yeah. there was a time when he was pretty shame free. Completely yeah. shame free. Yeah. I mean, there there's a there's a case to be made. <laughs> That it was the Howard Stern era. I don't want to put it all on him, but it was the Howard Stern era that totally changed us. It was it it was when Howard Stern could say whatever he said, and there was no real ramification except from the big state and the you know mm-hmm. the oppressors and the religious, and that was really the beginning of the undoing of of any kind of standards. In our in our nation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, he was talented and he was successful. Uh, but he as he says now, I, I didn't care. I didn't care. I was just doing what I was doing. And uh, boy, I can't. I It's hard to look at myself in the mirror when I think about those things. It's interesting, too, because you called for people to, you know, be introspective a few years ago and maybe join you in in looking at what they've done in the past and where they're going in the future. He actually did. He might be the only one who did. Yeah. But he actually changed. He's been doing it for a while, well, though. That, that's what I think is an interesting thing about the way he did it. Because you pointed out, Glenn, I think I, off the air, that he uh, had gone to a bunch of the people he had wronged privately and spoken to them and apologized to them, not in front of cameras, you know, mm. just was, went to them and talked to them. Some, and, some, most accepted, some didn't. And I believe that. Did he right? talk to Imus? You know, uh, I don't know if he talked to Imus. I don't think that was in there. He did mention Imus. Did he? Yeah, that he was sorry for all the things that he did to Imus. Wow, hmm. John yeah. DeBella. 
I don't think he was named. Maybe. Uh, I can't remember. um, But the point is, though, like, usually we have these big scandals or these big moments. You tweet something bad. You're about to get fired. You get, you know, me too'd or whatever the the situation is. And at that point, you come out publicly and say, I'm going to change. I'm going to make everything right. (laughs) He decided, and he didn't do anything uh, uh, to the levels of of some of those scandals, but he decided to kind of try to make things right before telling anyone. Like he kind of went out and did it all and well, did all the hard work. Well, not entirely true. He he did have a reason to do it. He said no one would talk to him. He said no one would come on the show really? and do interviews really? with me. Yeah, he said I was done oh. with the same people. And he said I couldn't get anybody. He said because I didn't care what I used to say to people. Yeah, and that he was said, a part of the charm of the show, of course. Right. But he's developed something better. Oh, much um, better. And, and totally different. Yeah. And some but, of his audience rejected it, right? I, I think he had a hard time with some of the really hardcore sure. audience that every that time you make liked a change, it yeah. When he bashed people like that, every time you make a change on a show, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. I mean, you you have that situation. <laughs> but I think it's it's interesting that I mean, because I think that's the way it usually happens, right, Glenn? You talk about this all the time; those sort of uh, moments where you have that um, tipping point, or you know, where you, your life turns. Like that may have been the catalyst, you know, like maybe him not getting the guests on was the reason that he kind of thought about these things and decided to try to Correct. fix them. You don't not, think, there's nothing you, wrong with that. No, you don't think of things when everything is going well. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's yeah. no reason to, to be mm-hmm. introspective when everything is going well. Your, high, your life is, is, right. is traveling on a highway and it's going great places. You're like, really? I should stop and pause <laughs> and think about what a bad human being I am? Uh, look at the results. It's only when things happen to you that you're like, well, you know, geez, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And what I like about this is it was a real change. You know, it wasn't like, hey, yeah. I don't do that anymore and you can trust me. It's, it's now, after years of doing it, saying the more I thought about it, the more disgusted I was by myself. That's a pretty big deal. It is. And that's why we were so surprised when you went on his show. When was that? Was that like four or five years ago? Has it been that long? I don't know. Jeez, I don't know. Was it that long? I was going to say two. And yeah. we're actually treated really well. And we were all blown he away was, by that. I, I sat down in the chair and he said, why do you hate gay people? <laughs> and, and I was like, that was the first question. It was something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, uh, well, I don't. Well, you're, yeah, but you're against gay marriage. No. What? No. Always been for it. I'm a libertarian. I just I don't think the government has a right in anybody's business when it comes to who do you love? Who do you marry? You know, that was a eugenics thing. That was that was a that was a don't marry black people thing yeah. don't marry inferior mm-hmm. people thing that wasn't a uh that wasn't always there that's that, how marriage licenses start if you don't know that story right yeah, i mean they 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 it was mainly it was know, a racist thing it was a racist thing it was main it was meant to con- for the government trying to control the population mm-hmm. in ways it shouldn't have been trying to control i mean remember george washington and abraham lincoln both got married without marriage licenses Right. I mean, if it's good enough matter. for them, I feel like you're it's like, good ah, enough for us. It's fine. I mean, we don't need to do you... a license from the government. It's not a wedding gift. Right. It's just a way for them mm-hmm. to have control over your union. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. And it, and it really became embedded in us when the eugenics uh, movement was so big. And that's where you got the blood test. And you get the blood test now because, well, we mm-hmm. don't want inferiors uh, mating with each other. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. That's amazing. It's incredible. And that's a libertarian kind of position. And what shocked me was he listened to it. He listened to it. 
And somebody asked me just yesterday, they wrote to me and said, who is the best person that has ever interviewed you on anything? And I could only really in print and I could only really think of one. I'm sure there's others, but uh, I think it was like the New York Times magazine guide. Remember? And he didn't get a lot of it right, but he at least (laughs) tried. Mm -hmm. He at least tried. He came in with one image and he left with another image and he didn't just Mm -hmm. do a Mad Lib. And and that's what normally people do. And and, you know, Howard is now at a place to where he's not doing Mad Libs. He's not going in with I'm going to ask them this and I'm just going to torture them. He's now actually curious. That's what people I'm convinced that is why the the media fails. That's why our politicians fail, because they're not actually curious they're not none of them are willing to go oh no wait a minute i haven't thought of it that way they yeah they don't want to right they, they don't want to they don't care about that right there there's no nuance there's there's nothing mm-hmm. and i think the average person just wants an honest look at history they want an honest look at what's happening they want an honest look at individuals they just don't want to be told everything because we're not the unwashed masses we're the ones that were supposed to be in charge. And and whether we know it or not, there is something in Americans that doesn't happen any other place in the world. And it is bred into us uh, in many ways. And that is, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I have rights. Now, we may not know what those rights are, but the individual still at this point is the one standing up saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they just want a fair shake and they just want somebody to be honest, authentic and honest. And uh, and I applaud Howard Stern for authentically changing and being honest about it and being a stand up guy. Never thought I would say that about Howard Stern, you know, 20 years ago. Mm. But an honest guy, I have a lot of respect for. All right, uh, let me tell you about uh, uh, selling your home. Selling your home is one of the biggest things that you can do. This is the biggest investment that you make. And, you know, when you're investing money, you're you're buying something big as an investment. You're going to, when I tell you, you know, hey, go to Goldline, do your own homework, check around, blah, blah, blah. You do. You're investing your money. Hey, go to J.P. Morgan Chase. Go to all of these other places and, and interview people that are going to invest your money. What do you do in hiring the neighbor's nephew who do, who sells real estate part time? This is your biggest investment. You need somebody who knows what they're doing, how to price your house, how to sell your house, how to negotiate for your next house. You need the professional to do it. We have a network now of well over a thousand agents all across the country that are the best in your area. Real estate agents, I trust.com, a free service, real estate agents, I trust.com. We'll connect you with a person that can help you buy or sell your next home. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Welcome to the uh, program. We have uh, Andrew McCarthy. Um, Andrew is a federal prosecutor and he has done some of the biggest cases in america and i've got a few questions first of all i don't think the media was watching the same press conference with Mueller that that i saw yesterday um but i've got a few questions for uh for andy and and i i really want to know 
why we even had this investigation in the first place and what happens next with the Democrats. This is the Glenn Beck program. So I'm 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 more confused, I think, than ever before uh, on impeachment and what we've gone through for the last two years. I can't figure out why we went through it. And we happen to have a good friend of the program who is a former assistant um, uh, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. He's the guy who led the terrorism prosecution of the Blind Sheik and uh, the others that were involved in the World Trade Center bombing. Uh, he also uh, you know, contributed to the prosecution of terrorists who bombed uh, our embassies in Kenya and Tanzania. He is now a contributing editor for National Review, senior fellow at the National Review Institute, and can answer, what the hell is happening in one minute? This is the Glenn Beck Program. What are you getting for Father's Day? What am I getting? Yeah, what are you getting? What do you want for Father's Day? Without one of the things you do is you get surprised on Father's Day. Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? No, it's never a surprise. Why do you say that? It's never a surprise. It's, you know, the, the kids don't really put any thought into it. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's Father's Day. Oh, I know. My kids love me. So it's different. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Father's Day, uh, you want something unique. And me as a dad, all I want is just time and experiences with my family. That's all I want. My kid to do something with my kids. 23andMe has a great Father's Day gift. It's their 23andMe's Health and Ancestry Kit. For a limited time, get $50 off a 23andMe, a 23andMe Health and Ancestry Kit through June 17th. Discover how genes can influence your dad's well-being. Find your history, but do it together with your dad. We just did this in my family, and it is so much fun, and it really has impacted the family. Buy your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash Beck. Use the, the, uh, the slash Beck because that's going to help you get the deal because there's $50 off right now if you use 23andMe.com slash Beck. You do that up until June 17th, and you're going to get $50 off of this kit. It's a great Father's Day present. It's uh, the DNA kit. It's the health and ancestry kit from 23andMe.com slash Beck. Contributing editor, National Review, uh, and you can find him at uh, andrewmccarthy.com. Uh, Andy is a, f- a former federal prosecutor and uh, a good friend and a good friend of the program. What the hell happened yesterday, Andy? What, what, was, what, did, what did a rational person take away from that press conference yesterday? What were we supposed to learn? Well, I think, Glenn, that the upshot of it is that Mueller wanted it understood that he was transmitting his obstruction information to Congress with the understanding that it's for Congress to deal with presidential misconduct. I mean, I think to cut to the chase, that's the bottom line. And I've always thought it's easier to look at this, especially for, for the non-lawyer. I can, I can just imagine how, how people's heads spin, but, um, 
the thing to bear in mind with this is that Congress does not need a prosecutable case uh, felony offense Correct. in order to impeach. Right. It, it needs misconduct that what the framers idea would have been would be uh, an abuse of power, an egregious uh, abuse of the public trust. Uh, Gerald Ford, I think, was was more cynical, but maybe more accurate uh, in 1970 when he was uh, the minority leader of the House trying to impeach uh, Justice William O. Douglas. And he said an impeachable offense is anything that the House of Representatives decides it is in a given moment in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I, what I think has gone on here all along is Mueller has taken his writ which was not a traditional prosecutor's writ, even though it was supposed to be under the regulations. He was really given a counterintelligence investigation, not a criminal investigation. And even though that distinction, I think, sometimes makes people's eyes glaze over, it's important because counterintelligence is really just an information-gathering exercise. It's not necessarily geared toward building a criminal case. So in the normal criminal case or the normal situation, there would be a basis to believe a crime got committed and then you assign a prosecutor. Here, what they did was they used the Russia interference in the election as a pretext for assigning a prosecutor a counterintelligence investigation, which effectively unleashed him to look for a crime under circumstances where there was no factual basis to believe a crime had been committed so 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 and andy help me out on this why did the department of justice lead this if they had no way to charge the president with anything glenn i think there's two different things here that that Mueller has conflated and he's completely wrong about this um there's two different decisions that have to be made one is do we have enough evidence to prosecute? And secondly, uh, assuming the answer to the first question is yes, do we invoke the Justice Department guidance that says a sitting president may not be indicted? The first decision doesn't have anything really to do with the second decision. They're, they're factually distinct. And the first decision on the sufficiency of the evidence is the decision that's supposed to be made by the prosecutor who's assigned to the case. So Mueller's job here, all this nonsense he talks about uh, how we can't, you know, because the Justice Department can't charge, obviously that should not have entered into our minds. That's ridiculous. Uh, he has to make a call about whether there's a case or not. And then if it turns out that he thinks that there is a case, which means there is evidence that a prosecutor believes a rational jury could convict the accused on beyond a reasonable doubt, then it's up to the Justice Department as an institution to decide whether to invoke the guidance that says a sitting, pro- a sitting president can't be indicted. But there's no reason to use that as a basis or a rationale for not making the decision about whether there's a case or not. So do you think he was, he wanted the president to be impeached, and so he just left that door open because he couldn't make a case, 
and so he left that door open knowing that impeachment is whatever the Congress can convince the American people is bad. Uh, we can impeach on. Yeah, Glenn, I think this is I think they figured out this is Mueller and his staff that this was the surest way to get their evidence to the Congress. And what I mean by that is if Mueller had decided that there was a uh, there was an obstruction case, then he would have recommended that to the attorney general Barr. Now, by the time this came around and Barr was the attorney general, Mueller had to know that the theory under which he was investigating obstruction was different and not going to be acceptable to the Justice Department under Barr, because Barr has a very different idea, and I think it's the correct idea, but that's neither here nor there. They have different ideas about what obstruction is. Mueller was investigating it on a much looser theory. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he had recommended charges, then he would have had trouble getting that report out the door because then there would have been a big Justice Department to do over whether he had applied the right legal standard or not. Instead, what he did curiously, but I think probably in the end cleverly, was to say, I've got to decide. Um, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give you the evidence on both sides of the question and not make a decision. And I'll rely for doing that on the Justice Department guidance that says you can't indict a sitting president anyway. And that way, he managed to get his evidence out the door. Whereas I think if he had recommended a charge, that this would have all gone very differently. So now, what... Because last night, what I heard were two things. Uh, one, uh, I, uh, I respect the attorney general. Uh, Barr is clean and good with me. I think he did the right thing. That's not what the media was reporting. Did I miss something on that one? No, I don't think so. I think um, the, the big area of controversy that the media has focused on is that Barr testified that at least three times emphatically Mueller told him that his decision not to make a decision on uh, obstruction was not because of the Office of Legal Counsel guidance that you can't indict a sitting president. And then, lo and behold, if you look at the report, that is exactly the reason that he relies on. So the, que- the, the argument was that Barr had misled everyone along these lines, and I think Mueller is conceding that he did say to Barr what Barr contends, that is, that the OLC guidance wasn't the reason. Now, what I think people are missing that we should focus on is the timeline. Here's what I think happened here, Glenn. The first time that they meet after Barr is confirmed is March 5th. And it's at that meeting that Mueller tells Barr, I'm not going to decide on the obstruction Barr asks him, is that because of the OLC guidance? He says no. And then Barr says to him, well, what's the reason? And he says, we're still formulating our reason. And then two and a half weeks later, he files his report, and he uses the OLC guidance as the reason. So I think what happened here is Mueller just decided not to decide with rationale to be filled in later. 
And as they as it got down to the end, they decided to rely on the OLC guidance. So I think maybe on March 5th, he didn't realize that that was where he was coming out. But by the time he filed the report on March 22nd, that was what he relied on. Um, the, the the other thing is, I I got gathered that what he was saying was, look, all of the evidence that you need to impeach and the only evidence that we could find is in the report. You have it all. So don't come to me and ask and and don't do anything. You have to decide this is impeachable or not. And I read through the lines that he was thinking that it was. Uh, and, and I'll testify, but only to those things that are in the report, because that's all there is. Do I have that right? You, you do. And I thought that was a, a but, you know, I don't want to uh, cast aspersions unnecessarily at Mueller. I like to just try to, to keep this on the issues. Yes. But I thought that was very presumptuous and egomaniacal of him, I must say. In what I mean, way? If he were, well, can you imagine I'm in front of a court of appeals making a legal argument and a judge has the temerity to ask me, Mr. McCarthy, what about this argument? And I say, hey, look, I wrote a brief. Go read it. Um, you know, <laughs> be done with you. Um, you don't get to do that. The witness doesn't get to decide uh, what questions he can be asked. Mueller doesn't get to decide, well, I've already given you my report. I have nothing else to say. Um, you know, you get subpoenaed, you come into the tribunal, whether it's Congress or a court, and they'll decide what they're going to ask you and what you get, have a right to answer and not answer. Now, he's trying to fend off testifying. It's, it's abundantly clear that he doesn't want to testify because if he did, they would have been delighted to have him, right? He would have, he would have testified already. And I think Jerry Nadler is going to be savvy enough to realize that Mueller gave him as much yes forget from Wait, we're losing we've we just lost um, you you said Jerry Nadler is is savvy enough to what to not to not press this issue of bringing Mueller in to testify hmm. much yep. out of Mueller as he's ever going to get from that statement yet. right okay all right so i want to ask you um now about what happens next and and so if you can hang on we'll try to fix the connection yeah, as well uh we'll take one minute and then we'll be back with andrew mccarthy and what, what so what 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 is ahead of us because of this car shield is our sponsor this half hour you cannot really repair your trust not like you can go to pet boys now and you know something you know the defibrillator goes on and yes that's a real I'm pretty sure that's in every anyway. Yeah. yeah, And you're not running to the store and you're like, ah, I got to need a new defibrillator. My son and I are going to work on this. Generally speaking, everything has to be done because it's all on computers. It's all chips. And one of those chips goes down and you could be out a thousand bucks. So if your car has five thousand, one hundred fifty thousand miles on it and you don't have any warranty, you make sure that you get extended vehicle protection from CarShield. I have this and it has saved me a buttload of money. Car Shield. Go to 1-800-CAR-6000. Call them, 1-800-CAR-6000. Use the promo code BECK or go to carshield.com. Carshield.com. This is where the smart and frugal people, uh, uh, you know, uh, join and and protect themselves because it's going to happen to your car. That check engine light's going to go off. And the chances are it's not going to be something you can fi- you can fix, and it's going to cost you a buttload of money. Take that worry away 
Like Car Shield, deal with it. CarShield.com, 800 Car 6000. Use the promo code BECK. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Andy, now we. Now what he's done is he said, hey, it's all in there. There's nothing hidden. We put everything that we have in the report. You know it. Uh, so don't call me because I got nothing else to offer. Uh, it's up to you. All right. What if they decide to go through with this? Do they do hearings in the House or do they just have to vote and say, well, there's there's the evidence, and uh, we're going to impeach, and then that pushes it to the center uh, to the Senate. W- what should happen, and what do you think is going to happen, Glenn? They can do if they want to proceed with impeachment. What that ultimately requires is a majority vote, a simple majority vote in the House on articles of impeachment, and then it would be referred to the Senate for an impeachment trial where you would need a two-thirds supermajority to remove the president. The need to get the supermajority is usually what stops them from seeking impeachment in the first place in the House, if you, you, know, if you know it'll be futile. Mm-hmm. Uh, procedurally, what should happen is probably one of two things. Either they could just proceed through the Judiciary Committee or they could convene a special impeachment committee. But the goal would be for such a committee uh, to hold hearings and specific articles of impeachment. And then the articles would be voted in the committee. And if they got out of committee, they'd be referred to the full. So why wouldn't we have started there? I mean, if, if you can't indict a sitting president and this whole thing right. is about Donald Trump, I contend this whole thing should have been about Russia. But if this whole thing was about Donald Trump, why didn't the DOJ take the Russia side and the Congress, uh, when they got power, immediately said, you know what? Mueller is is not important anyway. We want to look into it. Why why wouldn't they? Go ahead. I I think this is a broader conversation about Congress not functioning anymore and delegating most of its authority so that, you know, its members can do their real job, which is to go on cable television, evidently. <laughs> right. Um, but, but basically, you're right. This is what should happen. Um, and I think in modern times, though, Congress also, to try to be fair to them, they realize that federal prosecutors have ways of compelling uh, that are more effective than Congress's and uh, therefore prefer to rely on a criminal investigation. It's not a, it's not really um, a perfect, it's a far from perfect way to do it because a federal prosecutor's inquiry is very different from what Congress needs to find for impeachable offenses, but they do like to rely on the prosecutor to do the investigation. And I, I, I guess that's really why they relied on Mueller. Why they don't... The other thing, Glenn, is this is not a a one-way street here. Uh, Impeachment's a political process, and I think they may see that there's a lot of people in the country who, A, are just tired of this, 
and B, don't think the, the country should be put through an impeachment inquiry unless it's a really, really serious offense that everybody can agree is serious enough to at least warrant that kind of consideration. Uh, I have to tell you, and, if he would have found anything with Russia, I think the story yeah. would be different. Um, yep. But uh, with what they have, I don't think the American people, the Democrats included, have the stomach for it, except for the, you know, the extremes. Uh, and I, I mean, I kind of actually hope that they do go for it because I think this is going to backfire on them. I mean, I'm talking just politically speaking. I think this would backfire on them big time. Yeah. I think that's right, and I I look at it as now I'm a I'm a law guy. I'm not a political guy. So yeah, right. For right. Great assault it's worth, but to me, you know, if you don't like Trump, then I think the argument that you make is that he acts inappropriately and beneath the dignity of the office, and you can make that in a offensive, aggressive way. Whereas if you have to argue this in terms of impeachment and whether he should be removed over obstruction now you're on the defensive because the question Mm -hmm. is there's all this stuff that's inappropriate for we can all agree that a lot of this stuff should not be done by a president but whether it whether it rises to the level of a crime is is a real different question right especially this close to an election just get somebody else elected you're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. Thank you, Andrew, uh, Andrew McCarthy. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about X-Chair. X-Chair, we spend more time in our office chairs than we do in our cars. Some people spend more time in their office chair than they do in bed. That's crazy. Now, we make, we have, you know, we, we worry about our beds all the time. We have adjustments in our cars. But uh, do you have an adjustment, real adjustments on your chair? Your office chair, whether you have an office at home or uh, at work, whether it's for you or for its co-workers, uh, whether it's for your whole company, this is a tremendous, tremendous chair. And they have them for all shapes, sizes. Uh, they have them, you know, in, in all price ranges as well. They have the X basic uh, or the, you know, I don't know if it's Super X or what. I don't know what that other. But this I have one that is just loaded with all kinds of inju- adjustments. And it is the most comfortable chair than anything I've, I've ever sat in for an office chair. I would, I would take this to a movie theater and sit in it. 844-4X-CHAIR or xchairbeck.com. $100 off, money back guarantee. xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code XWHEELS. Tonight, tonight, the socialist spotlight shines on Bernie Sanders. Who are the people surrounding him? Find out tonight on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Today is a uh, today's a really important program at five o'clock that you don't want to miss. It's part one of our expose on Bernie Sanders. Uh, we've done one for, you know, uh, all the big uh, players um, and we release a new one every week. All the big players in the Democratic uh, presidential hopeful uh, uh, roster. And we're at Bernie Sanders now. And and what we found on Bernie Sanders is far worse than we thought we would find. Uh, and we think we found a route, quite honestly. And tonight's show is something that I think is more important for Democrats to watch because I'm not going to vote for Bernie Sanders. I don't think you're going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Uh, but 
this one is the root of the real civil war between the Democrats and the socialists and worse. Uh, and we found the worse that's right at the top of his campaign. Uh, Jason joins us now. Jason's our head researcher uh, and has been working on this now for weeks. Uh, and what have you found, Jason? Yeah, when we first started looking at this, I was like, everyone knows pretty much about Bernie Sanders crazy. They yeah. all already know about what he stands for. He's a socialist, right. all that. You know all that. So we concentrate on the people that are surrounding him. And that's something that you did very effectively when the Obama administration, mm -hmm. like all these people around him, like, what are they really mm -hmm. about? So I concentrated on that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, starting from the very top all the way down and shows you've done in the past about top down, bottom up, mobilizing, you know, foot soldiers. This is pretty much what they've based their campaign on. When you hear about some of these people, like what they how they cut their teeth in the in the very beginning, how they became activists, socialists. Marxists, Islamists, Islamists, blatant anti-Semites. I'm like, I don't know. I hope the San I hope Bernie Sanders watches this show because he I know knows. I he knows he's I, he's he's Jewish. I I, I I I have a hard time believing that he would allow some of these people into his campaign if he really knows. I don't know. But when you hear about the guy that we we focus on today, he gets his own show today. Um, this is just one guy. He's the uh, head of his campaign, right? The head of his campaign. Yeah, head of his campaign. It's one guy whose name you've probably never heard of. You might know the things that he's been involved with. Um, and uh, and he's a really, really frightening kind of guy. And it's it's almost unbelievable. But when when you break it down today, you, you'll you'll see that. Wow. Like this, the ties this person has, you would think immediately would lock him out of any of the things he's ever done, but he's, he's been at the, the peak. He's been at the pinnacle of the top, you know, establishment Democrat, you know, uh, leaders and power players, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid. Um, he also strangely, uh, he was at center for American progress. Um, and he strangely, uh, took on Hillary Clinton, uh, early on. And everybody was like, what are you, what are you doing, man? And now only now does it start to make sense? Right. And there, that's that's a real, very weird split. But that split now is starting to leak out. And, the, and, the, and that little the war going on in the Democratic Party, we've already seen like, you know, some of the freshman congressmen coming out against Nancy Pelosi, criticizing Obama, other people that are, are in the establishment. But now, as you'll see later tonight, that we're kind of tracing this to like one of these moments. And then it escalated in another watershed moment where more and more people were like, what is this guy doing? Like, he was our guy. This was our like our this probably could have been someone that we send, you know, to try to get elected one day because he this is our golden boy. Mm -hmm. He's our guy. But then he privately flipped. He flipped on him and went radical. And we'll show you later tonight that, you know, we've got leaked emails that show that the establishment are like freaking out big time. Like what in the heck? Like, what is going on? What is this guy doing? You'll see those emails later tonight. But there is a very re uh, real splintering going There's on right war. now. There's a war. And these these are not the people that you want to go to war with. Bernie Sanders' people that are on his campaign, you don't want to go to war with them. They specialize, specialize in the type of community activism, quote unquote, that you kind of saw in the Obama campaign, like Occupy Wall Street. Um, you know, are we going to get to her next week? Uh, yes, okay. that's Monday. Yeah, there's there's a, the, the you know how Occupy Wall Street was leaderless. You know, this is just spontaneous grassroots leaderless. Uh, no, I don't think so. In fact, I think we found the leader. 
and the leader now works for uh, Bernie Sanders. And the evidence is pretty darn compelling. If you, that's their thing, leaderless, decentralized. Like you'll hear, you hear that even about Antifa nowadays. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't know what to do about them. You know, they're just, it's grassroots or leaderless. They just come out all on their own. Really? Because I've kind of found a, a video where they sent this one person to speak on behalf of their entire group and organization in a foreign country. Wait until you see this and which foreign country. Um, this should be seen by every democrat yes absolutely um the democratic socialists the communists the islamists are working together and they are working together in the bernie sanders campaign and they are working to destroy first the democratic party as anyone who is a normal citizen knows the democratic party they are destroying it uh, and this is not something that Republicans or independents should be cheering for. Oh, good. Destroy the Democratic Party because they'll replace the Democratic Party. And they are very, very dangerous, very dangerous. Uh, it's a it's a, a strong look at Bernie Sanders. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Uh, part one is tonight. You have to be a Blaze TV subscriber. Subscribe uh, to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, and uh, you'll save uh, 10% off of your uh, first year of subscription. Uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is worth signing up for. And you know what? If you don't like it, just cancel tomorrow. Um, but I, I'm, I'm promising you, you are going to like it, uh, and you're going to find this of great, great value. The press, all the press, in my opinion, they're talking about all the wrong things. Uh, if, if you really want to see where we're headed, you need to see tonight's show. If you want to see where the Democrats really are and the thing that nobody on the left wants to talk about, the real war inside the Democratic Party and who's leading it, it's not Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, I think, is a vehicle. He's he is he is in many ways using them, but they are using him as well. He is a vehicle for very bad forces. Uh, And you'll see that tonight only on blaze TV dot com slash Glenn promo code Glenn. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. Sponsor this half hour is LifeLock. Scammers use technology to spoof your caller ID, making it look like Social Security Administration is calling up. And then they say, oh, we have problems with your Social Security number. And, uh, we just like you to verify, you know, your Social Security number. And you're like, well, um, uh, is it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, thank you very much. We're going to look into it. Uh, no, th- that's a scammer. Uh, the Social Security Administration I don't believe you. should have your Social Security number. They would need to verify. They just want to check. They, they're being nice and making sure the records are correct. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Don't fall for that scam. Anyway, LifeLock.com uh, is on to that scam, and they'll let you know in advance before it happens to you, and they'll watch for it. Now, you don't have to fall for a scam like that. There are many, many ways that you can um, you can have your identity stolen, and Nobody can watch everything. Nobody can watch all transactions. But LifeLock is absolutely the best, and they have somebody to work to fix it in case something goes wrong. And that's really the money where it's really worth it. Not only do you find out right away, but you 
I mean, somebody calls you up and says, hey, uh, your identity be stolen. What do you do? What are you going to do about it? LifeLock is on the case. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10% off your first year. It's LifeLock.com. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. I sat down with um, Good Morning America, uh, I don't know, about two months ago, um, and they wanted to do a uh, conversation with me on faith and the role that faith plays in my life. And uh, my first response was, (laughs) not a chance. Uh, But then I was told who the reporter was, uh, and it's Paula Ferris. And she is somebody who is really, truly guided by faith. And she convinced somehow or another Good Morning America and ABC to do a series on faith where she just goes and has honest conversations about people who who, you know, believe in God and have faith. And she's a big believer. Uh, And it was a fascinating conversation. Um, uh, It just came out uh, and you can find it at Good Morning America. I, I tweeted it, I think last night or we're going to put it up at glenbeck.com uh today but if you're interested in um the journey of faith and what it all means and uh and 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 how you get there uh join us uh on that it's a podcast uh last about i think it's an hour uh and uh and she's very she's she's a wonderful wonderful person i really liked her um were you here for that, Stu? No, I was not. Yeah. I remember you being complimentary of the interview, though. Yeah, she's she's really nice. And, you know, they made some edits and things, so I don't think it's exactly, you know, exactly right. But it's, I mean, it's close, and they tried, and it was, I mean, she's great. Uh, so it's uh, Journeys of Faith with Paula Ferris, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, or we'll, we'll post the, um, uh, the Good Morning America link as well at glenbeck.com, but. Well worth listening to. Did you talk about your hateful belief that babies should live? I No, I didn't get into that. I hope I, you got into that because we all know that babies should not be allowed to live. Well, they're not really babies. And they're not babies. I mean, yeah. you know, sure, they might turn into babies someday, but they might turn into a mushroom. We don't know. Right. You don't know what's growing inside Where do you think those there? creatures in Super Mario Brothers came from? Right. 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 They are little walking mushrooms. It could be a little walking I mushroom. I still have not recognized any of my children as children. Oh, good. Yeah. As long as you don't recognize them, you can do whatever you want with them. Right. right. Um, I was amazed to see the latest in this slew of new abortion laws that are pretty restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, not as restrictive as they should be, but restrictive nonetheless. Sometimes uh, the latest one is Louisiana. Six weeks, they're saying, basically. And I love this one where they're like, they don't even know if they're pregnant yet. I was like, well, I, I mean, like, this is one thing I've always talked about with the with the theoretical abortion argument. Like, let's just say, I think in a sane society, if one side was going to be pro-abortion and one side was going to be anti-abortion, right? The side that was pro-abortion would be arguing simply just for the morning after pill, right? So like, if you made a mistake and you don't know what's going on yet, we don't even know if you're pregnant yet, you take this pill and it gets rid of it and we'll never even know what what the situation was, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, I'm not saying that's a good argument, but at least it's a, like, you could see a sane part of that at some level. Like, that should be the strong left-wing position here, right? Right? Like, you're just like, look, you know, six weeks is a good example of this. There's a heartbeat starting at six weeks. If you can't, you know, if you're worried about being pregnant, you have six weeks to do it. 
um, you know, you have multiple options in that period mm-hmm. to do so, right? Mm-hmm. And you and people are like, well, they don't even know they're pregnant. Well, if they want to get an abortion and they're worried about pregnancy, then you kind of go and you check, right? You, like that's what you kind of have to do. And it's really not about you not knowing if you're pregnant. Right. It's it's about whether you're you know whether people are starting to pick out shoes and uh, a new crib right you know yeah, exactly <laughs> whether that's a you know when, when we're talking about the next day some people say it starts at conception some people say heartbeat some people you know whatever whatever but you know it's six weeks you know you, you gotta figure out what what's going on and it's we know it's not a baby yeah I mean, look, don't, I, I shouldn't say that. We we know that it's not breathing, it's not, and it's, it's not yeah. thinking, and it's not feeling yet that we know of. So, but that's not even the, the normal, you know, Republican viewpoint, right? Most mm-hmm. states are going for 20 weeks, and if you can't make a decision in five months whether you want to abort your kid or not, I mean, I are we not being we're not that's a legitimately wide window. You're going to know you're pregnant by 5 months in almost every single case. You got a nice window to make that call. Okay? These are not that is not a restrictive uh, policy. Yet it's act you act it's it's like it's like handmaid's tale. They act as if you're from directly from handmaid's tale if you want to stop only 5 months to make your decision. More than half the pregnancy, sorry, you know, and that's like crazy. That's a crazy thing. Um, the new one in, in uh, Louisiana is, is interesting because Louisiana is one of the only places in America these days where you can find a hell of a lot of real pro-life Democrats, including the governor who is actually signing this, who's a Democrat and is like, yeah, I'm, I'm in on this one. In fact, it was proposed by a Democrat. There have been multiple bills over the past few years that have been proposed by Democrats that have been res- uh, restrictive on abortion. Um, uh, in 2006, a Democratic state senator sponsored a trigger law, and these the way this is happening on both sides, which is is kind of an interesting legal development in that states are passing um, bills that will trigger if Roe versus Wade gets overturned. So if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, places like Vermont will automatically have abortion in their constitution all set. And the opposite happening in Louisiana. It's automatically banned if Roe versus Wade gets overturned. Which is interesting because you kind of see the stupid scare tactics of the Roe versus Wade thing in that you're going to have more than half of the country almost definitely having abortion even if they do overturn Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. They'd have to do something on top of that that would go much further before this would go away. And yes, would it be potentially less convenient for you to not let your baby live? I know. I know. We're asking a lot here. You might even have to drive. You know, it could be 45 solid minutes. Uh, I mean, like, I get that there would be it would be more restrictive. And and they're just not interested in even talking about any sort of restriction on abortion. They want it to go all the way to birth. And at times you've seen over the past few months after birth. But it's interesting to see that, like, there is still a large group of people who are Democrats, people who are fighting for things like Obamacare, people who are fighting for things uh, that I am not at all comfortable with when it comes to policy. Um, you know, Medicaid expansion, Medicare expansion, all these big government programs at the same time, pro-life in big time ways. I mean, it was not a close vote. If I see the vote here, uh, 79 to 23 uh, in the uh, in the those uh, are the Democrats Louisiana. that need to watch this tonight about Bernie Sanders. Ah, yeah, That's because if you're if you're somebody who's true. like, look, I'm not with the crazies. You need to see this. You need to see this about Bernie Sanders. 
tonight and Monday, only on the Blaze TV. Five o'clock, you don't want to miss it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We've got to do something about climate change. We, we, if it will just save one child. I mean, forget about abortion. Uh, if it'll just... If it'll just save one child, isn't it worth it? Well, uh, no, probably not. The Green New Deal, the details, uh, an economic disaster that would hurt every American. That's according to a guy who actually has some authority when he speaks about climate change. He joins us next. Gee, I hope it's Al Gore. No. This is the Glenn Beck Program. That's really not. Uh, Relief Factor is our sponsor this half hour. Relief Factor uh, has helped so many listeners of ours dramatically change their life, get their life back. Members of the audience, many of them are veterans who just couldn't get out of bed anymore because of the pain. Just, And I understand it. You get up every morning like, I, I just, I can't do it another day. If you're there, God help you. Try Relief Factor, please. I was there. I'm not there now. Try Relief Factor. Go to 800-500-8384. Call them up. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, don't order anymore. They've got a quick start. Three weeks. Take it three times a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three times a day. Every day. Three weeks. It, it controls the inflammation in our body. That's where most of our pain and most of our problems come from. And Relief Factor is all 100% natural. And, uh, and I've never, I don't think I've ever told you about supplements. Have I ever? I don't think, other than Relief, yeah, I don't think so. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like talking about putting things into your body. It's, it's just, it's, it's, just, it's up to you. Well, you donuts. have to do your own homework. You do, donuts, do, I do. Yeah, you tell yeah, people to put donuts in the body. But when it comes to medicine, but I'm telling you, this worked for me. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. So at the website weatherbell.com, uh, Joe Bastardi uh, is, uh, is there, and he is the chief meteorologist for Weatherbell. He is the author of the Climate Chronicles. He is a guy who it was wildly, wildly uh, accredited and, and, and wildly um, just one of, the, one of the most quoted and one of the best weather guys and meteorologists uh that we had in the country until climate change then of course when he went wait a minute i i actually do this for a living i am a scientist and none of this works that's when uh he started to find himself in hot water he is still on the same bandwagon saying uh you know this green new deal this is gonna kill america and just wreak havoc and hurt every american we uh, have Joe joining us now. Hi, Joe. How are you? Uh, uh, very well. Thanks for having me. I've always wanted to uh, chit-chat with you. We've done it a couple of times, but yeah. time a little bit longer. Um, you, um, uh, you have looked into the, uh, the Green New Deal. and it, it, How long did it take you to figure out this has nothing to do with climate? 
Well, uh, you know, I wrote the book on that. For those of you, I always tell people, go look at the book. And if you don't like it, then on a cold winter night, you can throw it in the fireplace and it'll help heat your house because you <laughs> want to make sure that you, you know, get that. But and book burning can be popular today. And <laughs> uh, I'm sure mine is. But, but here's... In 2015, when the former EPA administrator, Gina McCarthy, was testifying before Congress, she agreed with the idea that the proposals being made would only save 0.01 Celsius over 30 years, but she said the real benefits are that we're going to show the planet what you're supposed to do. Now, I'm sitting here going, well, look, America's the most prosperous uh, country of the world's greatest experiment in freedom if the rest of the planet hasn't followed us there why are they going to sit there and start right. following us now <laughs> right I mean, it doesn't make sense but let, let me let me put this in perspective for you because perspective and see the problem is that my father who's a meteorologist graduated out of texas a&m in 65 i always go down to texas uh, uh, but in any case he taught me that the foundation you stand on today was built yesterday to reach for tomorrow. And so when you look back at the weather and what the weather and climate has done, not only in this country, but in the entire world, you sit there and it's almost as if it's a shooting fish in a barrel when these people bring, oh, this is the worst ever. You know, and that, that's one of the, the biggest things that I rely on looking at patterns in the past. You know, I, 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 I tell my, tell people I don't have any life except my good Lord above, my family, weather, and Penn State wrestling. That's about all I have. <laughs> so most of the time it's with wrestling. But listen to this. The U.S. is, only, is currently only responsible for 15% of the man-made CO2, 15%. Mankind is responsible for 0.01% of that. So let's do the math. It means that the U.S. contribution to the CO2 CO2 total of the atmosphere is 0.00015 of the atmosphere. And what's the what's Green New Deal solution? Destroy the American economy. I mean, really, because we all know that energy is the lifeline of our economy. Now, I'm not against any energy. And as a matter of fact, my company, we, we develop products for wind and solar to make those forecasts more accurate because you know, we had a situation in Texas, Glenn, for instance, I guess it was 2011, where you had a big freezing rainstorm in West mm -hmm. Texas where all the wind turbines are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you needed heat for Dallas and Houston, and the wind turbines can't, uh, can't turn. Well, if, if a power company knows that there's that threat four or five days away, they may acquire energy from another power company that's not having that kind of way. So th this is what I do. I have nothing against alternative energy. And this argument to me is not an argument like, for instance, I know and understand the other side of the argument. And I keep telling people on my side of the argument, until such a time that the planet actually starts to cool, they have every right in the world. And you should be open-minded what's going on. But here's, here's the big thing. The total picture, if you look at the geological history of the Earth, the to it's the totality of the journey not six seconds out of an 80-year-old 80, 80 man's life, which is what the last 40 years has been. You think about that stuff, and you look back, you think about the sun, the oceans, stochastic events, the very design of the system, and that gets them mad because it means that uh, I believe in God very, very strongly. Uh, so what happens is you look at those things, and you say, well, wait a minute. 
why is this the first time in known history that man is wrecking the climate? Now, let me just say one more thing because I, I'm open-minded. I, I realize this is your show. If I could have wrestled the way I talk, I would have been a national champ. But listen, <laughs> what happens is this. What happens is this. If they are correct, it's very seductive because if you're the guy that found out that CO2 was a climate control knob, you're like Galileo, for goodness sakes. So I, and how do you, after 30, 30 see, I'm very sympath, uh, uh, empathetic, sympathetic, whatever that word is. It's got too, too many syllables for me. But <laughs> what happens is if you've been doing this for 30 years, you now own it. It becomes your life. And if it becomes your life, what happens if someone attacks your idea? They're attacking mm-hmm. your life. You're, and, 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 you know, there's also a lot of people on the other side that are reaching for the higher plane. So when you look at that, I try to, I try to uh, tell people I, I try to be the dumbest man in the room because the dumbest man in the room, if you're hungry, is going to find the food, right? So you look everywhere. If you're the smartest guy in the, in the room and all you're doing is looking at one thing, you're not going to see the very things that challenge you that you need to perfect your arguments. And so that's the way I am. I, I, I realized a long time ago that the weather is an infinite, magic, uh, majestic system that and, and the, the more I learn about the field, the less I know about it in the totality of it. There's a book out there called The Half-Life of Facts about how fast knowledge is expanding. Mm-hmm. And when you look at those things, it gives you a, a perspective of humility and understanding that, sorry, you're not controlling the whole shooting match. So, Joe, I just read a story um, last week of a new um, wood um, is what, how they described it. But it, it's, a, it's, it's a new kind of wood that uh, if we clad our homes in this uh, and it's man-made wood, it, it will save us 50 to 80 percent on our electricity bills uh, because it is such a good insulator. I, I mean, I just don't understand how if you really care about the environment, you should be a vegan B for nuclear power plants. And you should be yep. looking to the the free market system because it's the free market system that is developing all of these things. Everything the government has tried to do fails. Cylindra? Cylindra uh, was pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that, that's, that's, but, but that's the thing that makes me, you know, in the book, most of, for instance, is a chapter in there called The Weaponization of the Weather. And that was, that was put out a year ago saying this is what's going to happen. Every single event is going to be like that because when you look at it, the scientific argument is the same argument as who's better, Texas or Texas A&M in football, right? That's, it, it lasts about 10 minutes. And then you move on. But what happens is this, and this is why I, I said the, the book is a love story, because what I have loved since I was three years old, I mean, I, I remember uh, my parents tell me when I was three, I used to sneak outside, lie on my back and stare at the sun through the clouds. I almost burned my retinas out. That's how fascinated I was with the weather from being a little kid. So when you see this dragged through the mud and you see everybody yeah, where were you when, you know, I was 15 years old crying because we missed a snowstorm in Atlantic City, for instance. You weren't anywhere to be found. And what are the, uh, one of the other things that gets me is that they come out after the fact. Now, Glenn, you've been down there for a while. You guys have been down there for a while. You know, after 2012, the Texas, there were a lot of 
people say, oh, this is the beginning of a new Dust Bowl, the new perma drought, right? Because mm-hmm. you had three straight years of hor- And it was just like 52 through 54, which I know about because growing up down at Texas A&M, I know about the Junction Boys and how bad the weather was in 52, 53, 54. And like clockwork, four years later, it turned around then and it turned around now. So I'm seeing stuff, I guess, as USA Today had today. Well, this is a sign of climate change, all the wet weather. Well, what answer don't you own? If it snows cheese in Dallas on New Year's Eve, that's climate change, too. So this is what's going on. They wait till after the fact and say, see that? And, you know, in, in the weather and forecasting and in the private sector, what Weatherbell does, we have to tell people the why before the what and hit the forecast. Because you want to know something? National Weather Service is great. There's 1,700 private companies out there by guys, a real, real sharp people. And if you're not right, you're not going to get paid. So I use everything I have at my disposal, including understanding and knowing the past to project into the future. And that's not what I'm seeing on the other side. I see a climatologist who say, well, this is a sign of this or this is a sign of that. Well, why didn't you tell me this was going to happen back in February? Correct. Right. You take, you, you take what's going on now. The reason we have tornado, so many tornadoes is because it's so cold across much of the country. 2008, 2011, and this year, we're the three, three coldest Mays in the northern plains and back into the southwest that we've recorded in the last 15 years. Well, guess where the tornado spikes are? Well, if you get a cold May, you're naturally getting warmer air coming out of the Gulf of Mexico. You're going to get big fights going on. And that's what you've got. But that's not, that's not because it's just warm everywhere. Last May was warm all over the United States, and we had a record low amount of tornadoes in the month of May. As a matter of fact, folks, there is ample reason to believe that the greening of the planet, which is occurring, and Dr. Will Happer talks about this all the time, that we're basically coming out of a CO2 drought, right? Plants grow better at four times the amount of CO2 in the air. What is the synergistic relationship between animal and plant? Since animals exhale 100 times more CO2 than they inhale, and plants then take that and grow from it. So what we're coming out of that. So the demonization of CO2, or for instance, guys, what's the average temperature of the planet? What's the, what's the perfect temperature of the planet? I mean, you know, they say hottest year ever. Well, wait a minute. It's only the, the, the mean temperature is 57 and a half, 58 degrees. How is that hot? Right. What if it's 58.5? What does that mean for Dallas? Oh, it it doesn't mean that Dallas is going to be 115 degrees every day. Right. So it's back and forth and natural. Joe Bastardi is his uh, name, and he is the author of the new book, The Climate Chronicles. Been out for a while. Really good. Climate Chronicles. uh, If you if you want if you want the facts on on the Green New Deal, on what climate change really is, what this is all about, the facts to be able to argue it. You'll get them from Joe in his new book, uh, The Climate Chronicles. Uh, Joe, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again. Here's our sponsor this half hour. It's Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a great Father's Day present. Um, I don't know about Stu, but I'm, I'm guessing he's the same. All you really want for Father's Day. You know, my mother used to say, I don't want anything for Mother's Day. I already have everything that I ever need. Ugh. But actually, the older I get, the more I'm, I'm like that. I'm, I don't need anything for Father's Day. I just want to be with my kids. I'd, like to, I'd just like to spend special time with my kids. I was talking to somebody on vacation and... and uh, they were talking about kids and 
and how they, you know, they, they're just, they don't want any kids. They're, you know, too young. And I'm like, you're eight. No, um, <laughs> you know, they were in their late twenties. And I'm like, it's not, that's not too early. Don't wait until it's too late to have kids. And, uh, there's just nothing better and nothing more important than your family. And, uh, unfortunately too many of us learn that too late. Um, but anyway, Omaha steaks is a great present and you can, you know, recommend it as a dad. You can be like Omaha steaks, father's day is going on. <laughs> uh, Omaha steaks. If you use, uh, the, uh, code Beck in the search bar, when you go to omahasteaks.com, you're going to get 70, uh, 74% off the father's day steak fix gift package. It's a $235 value. It's now five. Wait, it's now $59. Uh, it's a $235 value. It's now 59 bucks. You get two tender fillets. You get top sirloins, pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, jumbo franks, chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four premium chicken breasts, four caramel apple tartlets. I mean, what are we doing? 58 bucks we gotta let's go you get also four extra omaha steak burgers for free when you type the promo code back into the search bar so this offer ends really soon father's day is when a week a week away two weeks away uh, go to omahasteaks.com and type in back in the search bar get the father's day steak fix package it's 59.99 wow at omahasteaks.com, use Beck as the code in the search bar, and you'll find this special. We break for 10 seconds, Station ID. One of the things that I think is important that Joe was talking about is we're in the middle of this, you know, kind of hyped up period of tornadoes. It's done some real damage this year. Yeah. And this is what the left and people who want you to believe that you need to give them a few trillion dollars to deal with global warming. Mm -hmm. I mean, John Delaney is one of the candidates who's running for the Democrats. Uh, You don't know that because he said zero percent in almost every poll. But he's been running (laughs) since, I think, July 2017, uh, which is a long time. Mm -hmm. Especially to have zero zero percent. I think he has one or two percent in Iowa, though, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's a former congressman, and he's running as a moderate. He's basically saying, "I, you know, this is me. I'm a moderate." Um, he introduced a four trillion dollar global warming plan. Now, this is a moderate we're talking about, supposedly, and it's amazing because you see the, I think, really dark exercise of exploiting the deaths of people killed in natural disasters for political purposes when it comes to global warming. And they'll say every single time something like, uh, you know, uh, there's an article here from Think Progress, poisoned weather, global warming helped fuel killer tornadoes. And you go through and you, you, you read their quotes and it's like, you know, you can't leave out global warming when you're talking about these killer tornadoes. It's a real problem. And they're going to these are going to increase and get worse and worse and worse and worse. And then, you know, you can look at this year's chart of how many tornadoes there have been. And there it has been a, a relatively active year it's not an unprecedented year but it's been an active year however when you look at the long-term trend from the 1950s let's say to today you see a massive improvement in the rate of tornadoes a decrease 
in the uh, uh, rate of tornadoes. That's fairly dramatic. I mean, you know, it's about half. I mean, when you look at of it. Of tornadoes? Of tornadoes. About half from what it was. Um, to give you the, let's see, let me give the exact number here uh, real quick, just so you, you have it in case you want to annoy your friends. Um, there was, uh, from 1954 to 1985, we averaged about 56 tornadoes a year. And this year, uh, from 1986 to 2018, it's about 33. So it's a little bit uh, less than a uh, uh, so the possibility decrease. that it's it's just a stableish number, um, but you know there wasn't everybody living in every place in in America. Well, that is a good argument for it. So when you talk about the total tornado count, mm-hmm. um, we are much better at detecting them now Correct. than we were, Correct. you know, in the fifties and mm-hmm. before that. And that's why usually when uh, scientists look at this, they look at only F three and above because you don't usually miss too many F threes. Right. So the F threes and above have had a, a a significant decrease, and it's the exact opposite of what we're told. By the way, the quote I was reading you was not from this most recent uh, uh, outbreak. It was from two thousand twelve. Now we had the lowest year, and every year since two thousand twelve has been lower than two thousand twelve. Um, every single year since we've had lower numbers of tornadoes and in fact 2018 was the lowest we've ever had ever measured and they've been telling us for years and years and years that global warming is going to make this worse and instead it's made it better I don't know if it has anything to do with one has anything to do with the other is it possible that they are only speaking to us on opposite day that is very possible I mean it's the best think about it think about it don't dismiss it out of hand Mm I've heard less ridiculous things in the last 24 hours. Back. All right. Let me tell you about uh, Norton Secure VPN. Norton, when we think of Norton, we think of great security, right? Mm-hmm. Cybersecurity. Um, and we, that we know that everything on our computer is locked down. That's what Norton has, uh, has, has meant. That's why you can trust them on a VPN. There's lots of companies that are starting to come out and say, well, we got a virtual private network for you. Oh, do you really? And do you track and sell my information? No, well, yeah. Well, I, mean, well, I mean, but yeah, you can trust us. Norton doesn't sell information, doesn't gather information, nothing. What they're doing is they know you would like your privacy and you don't want people collecting all kinds of data and you don't want people being easily hacking into your system and getting all of your stuff. Norton.com slash VPN. You you log on one time, you put it on your devices and you're on the Internet with a virtual private network through Norton every single time. It's really simple to use. It's a it's a virtual private network, three bucks, just over three bucks a month if you sign up for the year. Norton.com slash VPN. No, it is. It's a sad statement on my life, but I'm 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 sad that Chris Cuomo hasn't responded to any of my tweets. You want to talk to Chris Cuomo? No, I through Twitter. Why even there? What 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 good would that do you? Where's the advantage for you in that situation? Chris Cuomo. All right. Okay. You put it into perspective pretty quickly, and I don't appreciate it. I don't ever want to be Uh, in contact with Chris Cuomo. I just, you know, he just pissed me off so much yesterday. He just pissed me off so much yesterday with what he did. You know, a woman comes out and she's like, you know, hey, I was raped, and that's why, you know, I have a gun. I didn't believe in guns before. I believe in guns now. And, you know, I was brutally raped for two hours, and he comes out, only in America. Oh. And then he comes up with some BS. Oh, what I meant was only in America can we not have a conversation about 
they're obviously good uses of guns, like stopping rapes and That's bad right. uses of, of school shootings. Right. We can't do that here. What, first of all, what are you talking about? No one needs that conversation because everyone knows it. So no one needs the conversation because it's obvious to everyone on earth. Secondly, that's not what you meant at all. And you know it. This is a very standard Chris Cuomo tactic, which is whenever he is, uh, whenever he does something dumb, which is, you know, no more than 13, 14 times per hour. When he does something dumb, he can never admit it was just dumb. He always has to come up with, with this lawyerly explanation as to what he he really meant. That he thinks people buy because he's under the assumption and belief that he is the smartest man that has ever lived. Yes. So he always, and also not just the smartest man, but the best lawyer. So he thinks he can lawyer himself out of every single argument. And you even see this when he's talking to someone on the left. He comes up with these like smug points that he thinks are good from the right because he thinks he's a good lawyer and can argue both sides. I mean, there's one in every family. There's one in every family. They're like, yeah, you know, you're yeah, but really... how many are in the Cuomo family? Yeah. They're dominated by these <laughs> no, people. No, I know, but not really like Chris. I don't know. No, I... They're not as, they're not as, you know, you, when you watch Chris, you're just kind of like, wow. Oh. He's really not that smart at all. Everyone needs to try hard. And he's trying <laughs> he's hard. He's trying hard. Did you do your best, son? Yes, you did. I mean, yeah. it wasn't good, but you did your best. You know, the other thing I love about Cuomo, too, is in this tweet exchange, which is fantastic. I, I think it was Janice Dean who said, hey, uh, you know, how about us people who maybe don't have, uh, you know, a big man like you to protect them? Uh, you know, how about us with guns? And that's when he went into his long explanation. But he couldn't. he couldn't help referencing in the third tweet he said something like you know as we all know muscles don't stop bullets now she didn't say anything about his muscles but you know who's thinking about his muscles all the time is chris cuomo the guy is the typical gym rat yeah you know like he is that is such a great explanation like gym gym rat rat guy who thinks everyone when he walks into a room everyone's looking at his biceps like, that's who he thinks he is, along with the smartest man on earth and the best lawyer in the world. I want to bring Cliff Maloney in. He is the president of Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, and uh, you know who Chris Cuomo is? Do you even, I mean, because you're Young Americans for Liberty, let me explain television. <laughs> television was this old thing that they used to have news in a place called CNN, and people would watch it. Uh, wow! Yeah. Uh, any any comments on uh, on uh, Chris Cuomo before we we move on to Venezuela and guns? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're exactly right. He's kind of the the, the face, if you will, of people who they want to they want to lecture and act like they're playing both sides. And there's definitely more than one in every family. But uh, I, I mean, I don't know anybody under the age of forty that watches him because it's you're just being talked at. You know, he's not talking with the viewers. Uh, he's kind of saying, "Hey, look." This is the way it is, and uh, you know I'm holier than now, and I know better than now, and uh, I don't think anybody's got time for that. Yeah, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, an article that you wrote, an opinion piece. Venezuela is the poster child for gun control gone wrong. Amen. Thank you for saying this. You know, it's been funny, Glenn. I've gotten, uh, you know, I, I didn't expect it to be as, as controversial as a topic, um, but I mean, look, we all know gun control is the premise it is the root foundation of socialism i mean if you are going to have control and if the the government is going to dictate you know who does what how they do it when they can do it you can't defend yourself um and i i'm surprised you know i put this piece together i mean you you look back in 2012 in venezuela 
That was the, the big step. They restricted the right to own firearms. They, you know, we know this as conservatives and libertarians, that that means taking away the ability to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to a tyrannical government, and what you're seeing right now in Venezuela, you know, and if you talk to normal people in Venezuela, I mean, some of the stories and some of the quotes and just what you're hearing from people is, damn, I wish we had the ability to defend ourselves. And so it's, it's, to me, it's a, it's a perfect example of how socialism is just totally fixated on disarming the citizenry. And I think conservatives and libertarians should not sit back. We always try to say, oh, you know, it's for hunting, and you hear the... No, no it's, it's not. to defend ourselves against a tyrannical government, yeah, period. Can, can I tell you something? We were just talking about this yesterday. I am so sick of people saying, oh, you're going to take on the Jets and the United States of America. Um, yeah. It, you know, cave dwellers have been doing it pretty effectively for the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And we have more guns and we don't live in caves. Uh, I think we we need to be honest about that and say that's what that was for. It wasn't for hunting. It wasn't for sport. Otherwise, bowling might be in the Constitution. <laughs> it is about protecting yourself against a government gone insane. And, and you know what kills me, Glenn, is the hypocrisy of the left, where they say, hey, the government should not have power because Trump is in charge. Oh, I know. But, but, but hold on. But if our guy's in charge, we want to give total power to the government. And I just, I, I can't handle this inconsistency for my friends on the left, because it's like, look, you've got to stop giving your power as a citizen, your power to, to hold the government accountable. You can't just go with the whims of whether your party's in charge or your party's not no, in no, charge. No, but it's worse. It's worse. It's worse, it's worse than that. They're they're advocating for now. Trump is an absolute dictator waiting to grab control. Let's turn in all of our guns right now. I mean, it's <laughs> not like they're. It's not like under Trump they've said, "Oh, let's slow down on taking guns. Let's wait until our guy gets in." They take them today. It's it's yeah, I, crazy. I give them too much credit. Yeah. I give them too much credit. <laughs> nuts. It's just nuts. So what has the controversy been about this? Because I know if you point out, hey, uh, there's a result of a socialist nation, even though they were all on the record saying this is socialist utopia in Venezuela. Now they claim it's ne- that wasn't socialism. It was never socialism. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. That was socialism. What is the what is the pushback on the the argument with with you on gun control in Venezuela? Yeah, so the the first point is what you said when it comes to people say, "Oh, well you really think this is to to, you know, the second amendment is really to defend against a tyrannical government?" And to that I say, "Yes." Um and and to the points that you made, I mean, but people really don't see that. Uh and I'm not even talking just on the far left, but just and pretty much any of my Democrat friends, it's they, they really don't understand that government power uh, is inherently bad when you centralize power and you need to have a check and balance. The second part is people are continuing to throw me the line, Cliff, this is not real socialism. And exactly my comeback for the past week and a half is what you said, Glenn, and that is, Every single person in the country that is pushing for this Democrat socialism, call it whatever you want, they're all on record 
praising Venezuela over the past five to six years. All of them. So there, there, there is no defense. There is, this is socialism. This is government power. And this is a perfect example to why I called the peace. You know, it is. It's a poster child of this so-called gun control going wrong. But the left doesn't want to own it. And I'm not giving them that pass. And once again, I, I continue to tell my libertarian and conservative friends, do not back down. Do not give them one inch on this issue, because this is a perfect example of the type of government control they want and what results when you put government control at such a high level over the ability of citizens to have guaranteed rights. Talking to Cliff Maloney from uh, Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, Cliff, it's an, it's an interesting thing because I think there is a the, nat- the natural sort of inertia of human beings is bondage. It's been bondage forever. And, you know, liberty's hard for a lot of people. And so a lot of times we slip back into this, you know, since socialism has been around, there's always been times where it's flared up, even in the United States at some level, but all over the world. It's just fascinating to me. Can you explain at all the timing of while we're watching Venezuela essentially burn itself to the ground, now is the time where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is on the rise and Bernie Sanders is competing for the presidency. Why, of all times right now, when we're seeing the worst failure of a government in, I mean, even worse than Zimbabwe, they're saying. We're seeing that right now, and now is the time that the Americans are deciding to walk towards socialism. Yeah, well, let me start off by saying this. I think that young people get a bad rap. You know, we work with college students, and I think that, you know, polls will show you like 43% of Americans support some sort of socialism. And that should scare the hell out of us. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I think what, what, what gives me some hope is when you look at young people, it's not always the AOCs and the Bernies that they're, they're going towards. It's when you break it down issue by issue, they don't want the government taking 30 cents of every dollar they make. They don't want the government reading their emails or spying on, you know, their cell phones. They don't want the government, you know, spending these boatloads of money and running these trillion-dollar deficits. But what's happening is the socialists, I will, I will admit this, they are winning the messaging battle. Mm-hmm. The socialists are winning the hearts and minds. They understand that everything is 30-second clips on, on Twitter. They're, 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 they're shortening things down. I don't want to say they're dumbing it down, but I'm going to say it. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're dumbing down to, to pull on heartstrings. And look, Democrats have done this for years. The problem is the socialists are not hiding anymore. They're owning the label. Mm-hmm. And what this does is it gives an opportunity, and I'm going to be very careful how I say this, to free market capitalists. Yes. The problem I've had is the crony capitalists over the years, they are such a problem for us in the liberty camp because the crony capitalists create this environment where now the left can use the tactic that they yep. use on us and say, well, that, you know, now we have to say, well, that wasn't real capitalism. And that's a problem. So I that's why capitalism, that's why capitalism, that word, I don't think should be used anymore. It's free markets because that says everything. It's a market and it is free. Right. And and yeah, so I would agree that I think we have to reown that messaging and we have to go out there and we have to say, look, socialism, you know, you can only paint so many pictures. You can only point directly to Venezuela. They're all on the record for supporting it and say, these are false promises that don't work. But I, I really want to hit on the fact that, yeah, I mean, the capitalists and kind of the crony capitalists, they've made this battle so much harder, and they've opened the door for AOC and Bernie to prevent socialism. But we should take this as an opportunity 
And I would agree. Let's own the free market mantra and let's show folks why it's the way forward. Thank you so much, Cliff. Appreciate it. Um, We'll talk to you again. Cliff Maloney, he is uh, for uh, uh, Young Americans for Liberty. He is the president of uh, that. It's a great organization. Um, Young Americans for Liberty dot org. Y.A. Liberty dot org. Thanks, Cliff. Talk to you again. Sponsor this half hour is Goldline. You know, Stu just said a mouthful when he was just talking about how bad it is in Venezuela. Worse than Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. Now, they would not have believed that 15 years ago, that you could do that. That is how fast you can tube a nation with socialism and with money printing. And we are not anywhere close to out of the woods. In fact, I think we're in the woods and people think we're out of the woods and we're about to go deeper into the woods. There is this new thing now that they're talking about of this new monetary policy theory. And the theory is, is they don't have to borrow money. You can just print money. What? That are you crazy? That is what happens to Zimbabwe. That's what happened in Venezuela. It doesn't ever work. It happened in Germany. You can't do that. Well, we're smarter now. We can do that. Dear heavens. Please find out if gold or silver is right for you, please. Right now, they have the World War II Heroes of North America quarter-ounce gold coin in an official government sheet, just like the day it arrived from the Mint. This is the only place you can get these now. Plus, in addition, when you get one of these sheets, you're going to receive a silver World War II Heroes of North America coin for free. Just go to goldline.com. Call and find out how easy it is to own gold or silver and why you should. See if it's right for your family. Do your own homework. Call 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. Limited edition. Once these coins are gone, they are gone. Even if you have gold... This is one of those things that is worth calling up and getting. Read their important risk information. Make sure that gold is right for you at 866-GOLDLINE. That's 1-866-GOLDLINE. So have you read the New York Times article uh, about UFOs? I mean, this has been going on now for a few years where UFOs were laughed at, conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. Now the government has sent several people out that are like, well, we're pretty sure. Wait, what? Pretty sure what? There's a uh, there's a guy who's come out, former deputy assistant secretary of defense for intelligence. Uh, he was uh, his name is uh, Mellon. Mellon. What's his uh, first name? I don't know. Mellon. Um, Christopher Mellon. Watermelon. I don't know. Anyway, he was talking about and I, I want to quote. We know that UFOs exist. This is no longer an issue. The issue is why are they here? Where are they coming from? And what is the technology behind these devices that we are observing? Hmm. We know that UFOs exist. That's no longer an issue. The issue is, why are they here? Now, I'm not an expert. But I'm I think there is a logical explanation of why they're here. It's the primary season for the Democratic Party. And. They all, 20 of them, needed to get up on stage and run for president. It's part of their takeover. We've seen 24 spaceships land in the last couple months. (laughs) And they're all running for president of the United States as a Democrat. This makes more sense now. You're listening to Glenn.